Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Mr. Suter's here along with Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com, and on the line is Coach Don Patterson. Coach Patterson, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, got along. It's about 65 degrees right now. Supposed to get to 85, so I better get hurrying. Yeah, you're right. I want to assure the listeners that I actually feel better than I sound. <laughs> That's good to know. So, so what's up, Don? You've been doing a lot of yelling or just got a cold? You know, I, I don't even know exactly why. I um, I haven't been doing a lot of yelling, that's for sure. Uh, but I've definitely used my voice too much, I guess. Well, this probably won't help. <laughs> but let's forge ahead anyway. I mean, I'm... I, um, when we were talking yesterday, it was a very um, interesting conversation. Um, of course, we'll get to football uh, eventually here. And But first, I mean, Don, I mean, when you reached out about the U.S. Open stuff, I did not realize that you were such an avid golfer. I was not aware of that. That's good to know. And just kind of what we were going through yesterday, just kind of talk about what you did during this U.S. Open, how you kind of – and I mean, you did the analytics, especially with the putting, which – and I and I know we have a lot of – I'm sure we have a lot of big-time golfers oh, yeah. who listen to this show. So just kind of take it away. Yeah, I don't know if I should classify myself as an avid golfer, but I do enjoy – uh, golf. I I don't play it as well as I used to. The the ball didn't seem to go as far for some odd reason. <laughs> but um, in watching the Open last weekend, Pat, I I um, this across my mind. You know, I, I'm just an analytical person. So I had one other tournament. It was just a normal tournament on any given weekend. <clears throat> just for something to do, I charted the putts. And you think about it, they're, they're, if the ball gets to the hole, there are only three possibilities that the ball goes at least as far as the hole is. That would be to, to sink the putt, obviously. That's one. And if you miss the putt, the question is, do you miss it on the high side or the low side? Or what the pros refer to as the pro side. The high side is the pro side. And if you think about it, it makes sense. If the ball is going low, toward the hole. In other words, it's actually breaking uh, on the low side of the hole. Once it crosses that that line that goes to the hole, it has no chance of going in because the ball is simply headed in the wrong direction. On the other hand, if it's a, a ball that's headed to the high side of the hole, there's always a possibility the ball, as it loses speed, will, will move more right to left or left mm-hmm. to right and will drop into the hole. So that's why you're always wise to try to be sure to start the ball high enough uh-huh. so that it has a chance to go in. So uh, in charting a tournament some weeks ago, 
I, I was surprised to learn that even the pros tended to miss the ball if they missed the cup. They tended to miss it on the low side. In other words, the ball actually broke in front of the hole mm-hmm. and continued beyond the hole, or at least to the same length as the hole, and yet it missed below the hole. I hope this all makes sense to you. Yeah, no, it, it does. does. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that was just a normal tournament. So I thought, I'm going to put that to the test. I'm going to chart it during the U.S. Open. So on both Saturday and Sunday, of course, we had extensive TV coverage. I sat down. Lisa was out of town, so I had all the all the TV to myself. <laughs> and I charted 258 putts over those two days. Wow. And the thing, thing that surprised me, the pros even missed on the low side conservative more than on the high side 45 percent of those putts were missed below the hole versus only 24 percent that missed on the high side so almost twice as many putts it was 117 missed on the low side versus 63 <laughs> missing on the high side Interesting. 45 percent versus 24 percent and then to go one step further uh surprisingly there were 31 percent of the putts that were short now, I will admit, a lot of those short putts were leg putts. You know, they had they were looking at a 40-foot putt. So if, you, if you're a couple of feet short, then that's still a good putt. You're mm-hmm. still going to two putt the green and move on to the next hole. Um, but there were some of those putts that were 10-foot putts, 12-foot putts, 15-foot putts that simply came up short. And so that's, Don, a, that's a crime, of course. Don, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. I'm just wondering, okay. with some of those putts that – we're on the short side. Could it be in a situation where the golfer was trying to avoid going high because if it went high, it could end up going rolling way off off to the green. You know what I mean? To where maybe they were trying to be more playing it safer by staying low as opposed to going high, even though there's a chance it could go in going high, but it also could roll off the green if there's a hill or something. Is there, you think that figured into it at all? I think it figures into a minor degree. I'll explain why. I mentioned those 40 and 50 foot leg putts. Mm-hmm. These are professional golfers. You know, they're typically not that far from the flag mm-hmm. with their broad shots. Now, maybe they do miss the green and they pitch up. And, of course, it, <clears throat> excuse me. If they get a drink up, of water if you need some. Then, if you need to take a break and get a drink of water, feel free. Let me give that a try. Okay. Yikes. Well, this is interesting. And, yeah, I'm a, I'm a golfer as well. And, uh what you say about the high side of the hole makes absolute perfect sense, and I honestly never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's times where they avoid it because it may roll off the green. Oh, of course. Yeah, Pat, you, you have a little bit of an argument. Now, that's especially true. Let's face it, if it's a 50-foot putt mm-hmm. and you miss it a little bit on the low side, but you're still only three feet away, that was a good leg putt. Mm-hmm. But so many of those that were missed on the low side were makeable putts. Mm-hmm. You know, they were 10 feet, 12 feet, maybe 6 feet. I was surprised how often they missed on the low side. So, Don, you think they're playing it no. safe? Do you think that they're being safe, conservative in a way? They misread the putt. No. Or you think they're just simply no, misreading the putt? About a prize money of 2 or $3 million, I don't think they're playing it too safe at that point. They're trying to win the tournament. Uh, let's face it, you know, if you're playing for a major you know, you're talking about putting your name into a special category there to win a major tournament. So I don't think that had a lot to do with it. 
you know, those guys, they, they play to, to win. And um, it'd be a little different if a guy's protecting them a six-stroke lady. But let's mm-hmm. face it, the tournament was up for grabs with nine holes to play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. There were all kinds of golfers that could have won it. Uh, interestingly enough, most of them simply, simply um, faltered in that in that last nine holes, and uh, only a couple of golfers played well in those last nine holes. Lots of pressure. So anyway, uh, I took that. To, I put that into play yesterday. Played fake nine yesterday afternoon, and I I simply reminded myself because I, as I looked at it to make an honest assessment. Without charting it, I, I felt like I missed the putt more often below the hole than above the hole, too. So every time I was putting yesterday and there was some break to the putt, if I read a foot of break into the putt, I consciously started the ball more than a foot outside the hole. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I putted better. Um, I didn't sink a bunch of long putts, but I had all kinds of two putts, and the ball was typically right there around the hole. So I do think there's something to it okay. um, in general. And I would encourage all those all those um, avid golfers that are listening, next time you're putting, if you've got a side heel putt, if you've got a putt with any kind of break, add in a little, little extra break uh, just to see if that gives you a better chance to sink the putt. There you go. Well, it's, it certainly makes sense. And uh, next time I get out, I'm going to try it. And if I putt poorly, I'm going to give you a call. <laughs> So Don, did Hayden ever golf? Did you ever <laughs> golf with? After midnight, that'll that'll really bother me. Don, did you ever golf uh, with Hayden? Yes. How? What kind of a golfer and, was Hayden? And, I'm sorry. What kind of golfer was Hayden? Well, he, he probably uh, he was respectable. You okay. know, he enjoyed the game. Uh, truthfully, he didn't play it until his later years. That's what I thought. He always he always made the statement: "You show me a football coach that's a really good golfer, and I'll show you." A football coach is not very dedicated to winning. <laughs> I do remember him saying that, yeah. Yeah, but he enjoyed it, and, uh, you know, he was anything but a scratch golfer. You know, he was just a, um, uh, a bogey golfer on a good day. Okay. Um, but um, but he had a lot of fun with the game. We all did. We actually, at the end of spring ball, for a few years there, we actually had a because, you know, coaches don't have much time off. Mm-hmm. But after spring ball ended, we would have a golf tournament within the staff. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we would simply play a scramble. I, I believe it was just strictly a scramble. And we'd, um, you know, we would pick teams, and the top the top golfers on the staff were the team captains. I happened to be one of the team captains. Okay. Because I was, there weren't very many good golfers on the staff, obviously. <laughs> but I was one of the better ones. Okay. Who else? Uh, and then we would pick Who? from an A group. I mean, we were the A golfers. Then we'd have a, a group of coaches in the B group, the C group, and the D group. And that's how we'd form our, our groups. And theoretically, it, it would be very even competition. And it always did turn out that way. Who else was a good golfer on the staff? Was Barry Alvarez a good golfer? Barry's a good golfer. Bill Brazier was a very good golfer yeah. back in the day. Bill Snyder? Uh, as you would imagine with Bill. He, he very seldom did anything other than play the ball through the fairway. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he played golf his entire life, so he was a good, solid golfer. How about Bill Snyder? Bill was really not. You know, Bill didn't uh, have a great love for the game, I don't think. Mm-hmm. He was just too upset. As you know, Bill was a, Bill was a workaholic. And, yeah. And uh, he didn't leave a lot of time for golf. 
Okay, that's kind of what I thought. Mm-hmm. But no, that's interesting. I mean, golf to me, is, I mean, it's such a hard sport. I mean, especially if you get started in it late. If you get started in it late, man, it can be pretty humbling. True. Very true. But uh, anyway, let's see if that, that, that works. Some of those golfers out there, just, uh, you know, instead of, if, if you read it as a one-foot break, give it 15 inches, give it 18 inches, give it a little more room and see if that produces better results. I think it will. Yeah, and feel free, golfers, if you're listening, to call in some in the next few weeks and tell us your results if you kind of go, if you kind of practice a strategy. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of results it has. Well, I'm definitely going to try it. Well, Don, before, I know um, I wanted to ask you before we let you go, um, and you can get another drink of water if you need it. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, we asked Kirk yesterday about uh, the expanded playoff. Kirk's forward. Kirk's not four or 14 playoff and like someone said well the teams looking on the outside in usually aren't four or 14 playoff because they can't make it what's your thoughts what do you think's the ideal number of teams for a college playoff what would you prefer i'm glad you asked that question because i've done a little research on it uh, we've had we've had the 14 playoff now for seven years mm-hmm. and in those seven years four teams have occupied 20 of those 28 playoff slots gee who's that <laughs> That would be Alabama and Clemson with six apiece, and Ohio State and Oklahoma with four apiece. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's twenty of the twenty-eight. So I do think that football needs a change. It's a little it's a little too much of those same four teams. I agree. Um, you know, incidentally, the only team that has more than one appearance that we haven't already mentioned is Notre Dame. Notre Dame's had two, and they got. Pounded in pretty much both games. Yeah, you're right. The, the sad reality is that um, a lot of those teams that have only shown up once performed poorly and um, and didn't didn't really have much success at all. I think back to Michigan State getting mm-hmm. smoked by Alabama by somebody too. Alabama thirty-eight nothing. That could have been Iowa. It sure could have and would have. Yeah. So, Don, do you think eight's yeah, the ideal right. number or 12, so 16? I have, no, I have no issue with expanding the playoffs. But I do think, with all due respect to the playoff committee, 12 is the wrong number. Okay, I agree. And I'll explain why. Right, it's got to be it eight or be 16. Expansion to eight. Yeah, eight. It should be expansion to eight for this reason. Now you can have all five conference champions among, among the Power Five. Mm-hmm. All five conference champions have a spot regardless of their overall record. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good rule. I agree. And then and then you could do one of two things. You could simply have three at large, uh, the teams obviously that have the highest ratings. Or you could even award the highest rated um, non-Power 5 mm-hmm. conference oh, champ. Okay, okay. That'd be an option. Yeah. I would be inclined just to go with three, three at large spots and let the committee decide who deserves those three spots. Well, and I think Don, what I think so, eight, I think what eight does too, like a program like Iowa, Iowa, pretty much any year. Tom, do you ever have any expectation of being in the top four and getting in the playoffs? Um, not really. But eight, I mean, eight. We Kirk's finished eight at least twice. Uh, they finished eighth under Kirk at least twice. I mean, well, they, three that, times in a row. Yeah, that would at least put them in the picture. What I think Iowa, you, a team like Iowa, would at least think they have a chance to be in the playoff if they can just somehow stay within the top seven or eight. And I, yeah, I think it just—I think it's what college football needs. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you why. I think for sure that that twelve is the wrong number. Twelve would provide those top four seeds with a buy. Yeah, and I don't like that. Right, 
and and um, and teams five through twelve would play each other. That's not good because the four teams that are, have the top four seeds are supposed to win anyway, and you're giving them the luxury of having a bye. Exactly. And as you know, football is a war of attrition. Yeah. So I do not like the idea that uh, those teams that are ranked five through twelve have to have what you might call a play-in game mm-hmm. I agree. Um, to, to qualify for the privilege of playing one of those top four seeds. I think you only get more of the same with the top four seeds winning too often. It's only because of the injuries from the previous week. Sure, but we know uh, why involving those other playoff teams. We know why they want to do twelve. It's an extra round of uh, money. Well, then why not do sixteen? I'm sure they will eventually. What's your thoughts on 16 like they do it in the FCS division, Don? You think that's too many teams? I do think it's too many. Let me explain why. Now, I was an old FCS coach, and I actually was uh, the head of the committee when we when we finally talked the NCAA into expanding the 1AA playoffs. Uh, and my reasoning was really logical. The definition of success in college football, I'm talking FBS, or 1A, as we used to say, is that fundamentally it's to make it to a bowl game, right? That's that's a good definition of success. We made it to a bowl game. People keep track of how many bowl games they they made in a row and all that sort of thing. So that's a, that's a pretty low bar, honestly. As you know, I think there's maybe 35 bowl games now. <laughs> yeah. So you have, you have more than half the teams that make it into the, into the bowl scene. Uh, compare that to one double-A football Further back in time, we had 16 teams for the longest time, but that's out of 100 and basically the same number of teams that are in 1A. Mm-hmm. I think it was 16 out of 120-something teams. Mm-hmm. So the only way to define success in FCS football is to make the playoffs, and that's a very high bar. Only 16 teams get to do it. So it wasn't fair to all those 1AA coaches that they had such a higher bar uh, of success, if you will, compared to the FBS level. And so we successfully argued to expand the 1AA playoffs to 20 teams. I think eventually they went to 24. And and now they may be coming back down. At least last year they did because of the, the missed football games over the spring season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they'll return to in the, in the fall. I assume they'll probably be back at 20 or even 24 teams. So um, that's why... Um, that's why I have no I have no interest in expanding the playoffs to more than eight teams. Okay, no, that makes sense. I think eight is more than enough. I agree. No, I agree, and it will be interesting to see because I think that's going to happen, and I think July first, name, image, and likeness is going to go. It's going to happen because I just don't think they're going to allow for a setup where some states have it and others don't. I think it's going to be sweeping. Don't you, Don? Yeah, I suppose. I, I have a lot of trouble. You can tell my bad tone of voice. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with this whole thing. What do you worry, What's your biggest I concern to, with name, image, and likeness? Of, one of the things I always liked about football, I always describe football as the ultimate team sport. You know, to win, you need a lot more than just 22 good starters. You better have, you travel, I don't know what the travel roster is now, it's probably at least 70. <clears throat> if you're traveling with 70 players, in an average game, I promise you, 55 or maybe 60 of those players do play in the game. You know, so it's it's a real team sport. You know, there's a lot of people that have to perform well for a team to play their best on Saturday. Uh, bare minimum, of course, it's just 22 starters, and that doesn't even include the potter, the place kicker, and the holder, mm-hmm. and the snapper. So 
you could argue there are 26 starters uh, for sure uh, in college football. And here's the problem with name, image, and likeness. Is it hard to imagine that the star quarterback or the star running back might end up with all kinds of extra money? No, no, it's going to happen. And that and that that poor offensive lineman that does his job maybe better than that running back or that quarterback doesn't receive any benefit at all. That's not fair. And I could see that happening. Uh, of course it will. Yeah, no, that's the mar- free market. That's what is what's going to happen. I, yeah, I know. I think that's a legitimate concern. It will be interesting to see if they can do anything to kind of make it more equal. But I just, I mean, like right now, if you look at Iowa football right now, now Linderbaum's jersey would sell because he's an All-American. But I mean, Tyler Goodson's jersey would be really popular right now because of the position he plays. And but yeah, it's going to be the same way in basketball too. Even though there's not as many players, but Don, I think there's no turning back now. It's coming, and I just. And like Kirk said yesterday, ask Kirk his, what he thinks. Kirk's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. We don't know how this thing's going to happen. You know, a lot of the listeners may not be aware either. They're familiar with the term full scholarship. Mm-hmm. Of course, all the players in FBS football are on full scholarships. But full scholarships have even changed in recent years. Let me explain. In the old days, it was tuition, fees, room and board, and books. And that was it. Uh, in other words... That didn't even allow for money to do your laundry mm-hmm. or money to go to a movie or, or money for your car. You know, no extra money at all. Mm-hmm. Now, even when Coach Fry was a player, even back then, they had a very small amount of money that was described as laundry money. You got a, a little bit extra in your scholarship just to be able to to clean your clothes. Um in recent years, they've actually awarded uh, kind of the equivalent to that. Every school has a different number, and I forget exactly what they call it, but it goes beyond tuition fees, room and board and books. It's officially, it's the cost of an education, but they factor in additional expenses. And the players actually do get, uh, and it varies from school to school. It depends on the cost of going to school. Uh, the school has to document it, I'm sure. And uh, just for the sake of argument, maybe it's an extra thousand or two thousand dollars. I don't even know at this point in time what it might be at one school or another. But there is a little extra money that you could define as spending money that the players are now getting anyway. So that scholarship they got years ago uh, is actually worth more today in terms of overall expenses than it was ever worth back then. A lot of people aren't aware of that, but that's the truth. Training tables better now too. I mean, they can eat. Uh, they can eat around the clock now. Whereas back, like when you coached, I think they had one meal a day at training table. Right now, there's an endless amount of food. Now you know people will counter this by saying, "Okay, well, yeah, you're comparing it to an era from a long time ago." Now these people, the coaches, and what are making millions. I mean, the NCAA made 1.6 billion dollars in 2019. I think that's where yeah. the argument comes from. You know, there's so much money involved now. The students need to get some of it. I think that's what people will say. And that's what they are saying. Yeah. yeah. So do you, do you think uh, a football player works harder than a swimmer? No. I no, I don't. No, I don't. And I, but I think they we'll, spend hours and hours in the pool. No, but I, know what I, but I think what they'll say, Don, is yes, they do. And the swimmer will have every chance he or she has to make money. It will all depend on the market and the supply and demand. I mean, that's, 
That's kind of how I interpret it. And no, I think it's going to, it could cause some problems. I think we're going into uncharted territory here and it will be interesting to see how each school handles name, image, and likeness. I mean, yeah, it can be sweeping across the board, but each school can kind of, I mean, like I said, I, I don't know what to expect. The rich are going to get richer. Well, that's is, always is the what case. to expect. Just like in life. I mean, it'll be no different than just the, that is yeah, correct. So. and you're right, Don, I think well, it could, I think you're right. you got to guard against morale problems. Right. Um, if you're a star running back at Alabama, let me put it this way. If you're a star running back recruit, are you more likely to go to Alabama or are you more likely to go to Vanderbilt? You know, same conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you were more likely to go to Alabama anyway, even last year or the year before. But now maybe you're even more likely to go to those perennial powers. Simply because you think you're going to get more money. Oh sure, without question. Yeah, of course. Name, image, and likeness, and that's unfortunate. Here's another. Here's another negative effect of all this. I think it's entirely possible. It will. It will maybe create a rift even within a particular team, because that that star running back somehow is getting a lot more money than the equally talented defensive back or the equally talented uh, tight end, whatever, any position. Um, so I, I could see that being a problem too. You know, maybe maybe two players on the same team are vying for the same the same promotional contract, whatever you might call it. You know, they they're doing a com- promotion for TV, or making a commercial. You know, maybe one year uh, one player did it, and the next year another player got that same privilege, and the player that got that money a year ago lost out to a teammate. You know, I could see there might be some issues there between teammates, too. And that's unfortunate. It's anything that takes away from the team aspect of the game is, is a, a bad thing. I'll say it that way. And I think name, image, and likeness certainly qualifies. Well, and the other thing that's going to happen, too, is, I mean, with the transfer portal uh, being an, as such an option, if your backup quarterback is terrific, and we're seeing it already, he's going to transfer to go get some money somewhere, and somebody's going to say, "Hey, transfer here. We, I got a backer that's got a million dollars." It's yeah. going to happen. Well, they're already transferring, even uh-huh. without name, image, and likeness. Quarterbacks transfer left and right. So yeah, it's a, it's an imperfect science with this, and it's going to be interesting to see how college football handles. Because I'm, I'm with you, Don. I think it could cause some team morale problems, some frustration, and it, like Tom said, the rich are just going to get richer. I mean, it's now where I worry, though, yeah, Don. Yeah. If they didn't adapt, if they didn't establish it all the way across the board for all schools, let's say you got Nebraska, Iowa, and Illinois recruiting some kid who's down, who likes all three of them. You know, and maybe he's leaning a little toward Iowa because they're a little better right now. But at, if Nebraska and Illinois can offer him name, image, and likeness, he's probably going to go there. Mm-hmm. If it's three schools, oh, absolutely. That's and see, that's why I think it's going to be across the board. They're not going to allow some states to have it and others. And I think it all comes down July first. Boy, I hope it does because if it's <clears throat> six states allow it, it and you can't compete that way. Forty-four, it's, it's going to be a cluster. I mean, you heard what Fran said when we had him on a couple of weeks ago. You just can't compete that way. You all have to have it. It's yeah. got to be all or nothing. Yeah, let me give you with a, a, another aspect of the transfer portal. What people fail to realize, we've always described sports like football as lessons for life. I think a lot of coaches in a lot of sports would say we're not just teaching them how to win. We're preparing them for later life. Part of that preparation, of course, involves dealing with adversity. If you show up and you you were a hotshot player and you lose out to another player or worse yet, two other players, 
maybe you're uh, even though you were a high uh, high profile recruit, maybe you're the third team quarterback or even the second team quarterback. You're still inclined to leave. Uh, I can think back to some great players at Iowa. They only played as a starter their, their last year. They still went on to play well in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a simple example that people remember. A quarterback by the name of Mark Blasey. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, I remember one of the Big Ten coaches after our 85 season, they said, we're going to get you next year because you lose Ronnie Harmon, you lose Chuck Long, you lose uh, Mike Hate was also a first-round draft pick that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they fundamentally thought, we're going to beat you next year because Chuck Long's not going to be taking snaps. And I said, here's the sad reality for you guys. we got a guy that can throw better than Chuck Long that's coming back. Mm-hmm. And Mark Vlasic uh, only was a starter one year, but I think his NFL numbers are probably better than Chuck. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he had he a, a nice NFL career. And I do remember this, in his senior year, when he went down with an injury, yeah, he, was injured. he was leading all of college football in pass efficiency. Mm-hmm. And so the thing was playing out exactly as we knew it would. Mark Blazik's going to play great football for us as a fifth-year senior. And and Mark didn't run from the competition. He was Chuck's backup. Of course, he got to play quite a bit because we had a lot of one-sided games. And when it was his turn to perform well as a senior, he was more than ready to do it. Yep, and he's the exception to the rule. I mean, just – I mean – Guys like Mark Vlasic just don't come around anymore. They're just not willing to wait. It's the age we live in, and there were players transferring in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, not like it is now, but Mark Vlasic, he, like you said, he is a rare exception, and that says a lot about him, and it worked out great for him. Well, Don, you know, you held on for a half an hour with your voice. And your voice got better. And you actually along. did. It sounds like you're a little better now than you were at the beginning. Well, I, I do want to apologize to all the listeners. I'm sorry that I'm hard to listen to. Today. Oh, no, it's okay. I'll try to be better next time. Okay. Coach, nobody's harder to listen to than I am. Yeah, so. and <laughs> so, yeah, no, this was – and your voice did get better. You sound better now than you did at the beginning, but take another drink of water, and thank you again. This was a, this was very interesting, and like I said, I'm interested to hear some golfers respond to say, you know, I tested that stuff, and when we do, when we hear some down, we'll get back to you on this, and thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it, as always, and, you know, we'll, I mean, football's not too far away. We'll get going. We'll get the ball rolling here in about another six, seven weeks. Very true. We have a lot to look forward to. I agree. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Danny. Thanks. You bet. Take care, guys. Yep. Bye-bye. He did get better. There was a he while did. where I didn't think he was going to make it. Yeah, He did. I, I thought for a while he may have to stop. He sounded like Marlon Brando in Godfather. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. I love him. He is. He no, he is. We're lucky, to ha- we're lucky to have him. He, and he, sure just, he works so hard at everything. And um, and he does bring up a good – name, image, and likeness is not the answer to everything. It's going to help these students. I, and I feel they have a right to money. But it's going to – there's going to be some flaws with this thing. It could cause some hard feelings and some division. So that's why it's going to be a challenge for these coaches to keep these guys all on the same page. I mean, well, it's not, a new day. Yeah, I mean, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but there's people. I don't think like Spencer Petras all of a sudden is going to start making six figures with his jersey. And I don't think it's going to be that powerful. Maybe I'm wrong, but I've had people tell me they think Spencer Lee could make seven figures and promote. That's a million. Wow. I don't see that. I, I don't maybe see I'm, that. I just don't see that. Maybe the top player at Alabama or something, or, but I, I think what you're—they're going to have to somehow control the flow of money from boosters because if someone says I'm going to give this guy five million dollars if he comes to Alabama, that that can't be. But under name, image, and likeness, what's stopping like 
AJ Perez or Eads to, to get somebody to come come with me? Can't they do whatever they want with it then? They can make as much money? If well, see, that's my question. And if it's unlimited flow from boosters, it's, it's going to be a cluster. Oh, it I agree. Is. I agree. No, I agree. How much does uh, Lang make off those Hey Lang t-shirts? He makes about, does he make six or seven figures? <laughs> well, if you put the decimal. Yeah, it depends point. where you put the decimal <laughs> point. Well, he makes so much now he doesn't have to work on Mondays anymore, you know? I mean. Hello. I could see a Spencer sucking a little bit that everybody starts buying the second string quarterback shirt and he'll make more. Well, you never know. It all becomes supply and demand. I mean, the market's well, going to determine this uh, stuff. It will, and the market will, de- as far as uh, jerseys and stuff go, yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people uh, people like to buy jerseys. And, uh, well, now and then they'll have the names on them, whereas be- now they technically could not. I mean, they can make money through jersey sales. They can make money through running camps and what have you. But, I, like I said, I just don't think it's going to start making a bunch of Good college athletes, millionaires. I, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. You heard of Tops Gum? Sure. With the, you know, they're planning on doing cards. You know, of college athletes. Yes, collegiate. Yeah, athletes. I mean that. Maybe that. Why not? You yeah. know, I mean, try, try anything, anything to make yeah. money. So, and let's see. We're supposed. Uh, Ken O'Keefe is. I'm supposed to call in at ten o'clock at the sixteen thirty number, Captain. Okay. Um. So. Um, and it'll be good yeah we've i've got a kind of an outline of what we're going to talk to ken about and um should we take a break now or or oh, do, we can what do you or did you want to go straight through i need a drink of water I'm no gonna, let's take a break and we will be back gt car owner of suple siding and remodeling offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area at suple siding and remodeling their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done regardless of the project suple siding and remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service whether it's a window replacement a kitchen remodel or a house addition our employees are committed to quality Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy, just remember one number, 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. one 800-800-ROSE Remember You see the same people there greeting you and they know you. I think of my cell phone. There's not a big distinction there from family to customer. Deary Ford in Iowa City. That kind of relationship that goes deep. Taking care of you. Taking care of your vehicle. It's just that growing list of friends, frankly, that uh, that's kind of been the big payoff for me. The ownership experience is going to be four or five plus years. We have to be there for you. Deary Ford in Iowa City. See why people choose them over and over again. DearyFord.com. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. 
Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Hey, everybody. It's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert. And I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite tv experts don't let just anyone take care of your smile at diamond dental you can expect compassion expertise and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life with more than 30 years of combined experience dr forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems leaving your smile healthy and sparkling Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit diamonddentalpc.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental Team provide superior care for your entire family. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs, brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertin and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style, breakfast, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. The the Corridor wakes up on 1630 KCJJ. The Supreme Court has ruled in favor of a former high school cheerleader 
who argued she could not be punished by her public school for posting a profanity-laced caption on Snapchat when she was off school grounds. Well, good for okay. her. So there you go. You can swear now. It's <laughs> got to be off school grounds. They can't do nothing. I've been off school grounds for a real long time. <laughs> Hogfanatic.com. <laughs> Real long time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was telling you guys in the break, Mediacom's coming out between 1 and 3 today. Just last night's update, the NBA playoff game, I missed half of the first quarter, half of the third quarter, and the entire fourth quarter because the service was out. Jesus. I would change. And I couldn't bitch on my cell phone and tweet because I had no Wi-Fi. (laughs) And then my landline was out. My internet was out. It was just... And it's and then nice. my next my next door neighbor said hers was out too, and she also told me when she was listening to me the other day bitching and moaning that the times where I said mine was out, hers was out too. She's like, this is ridiculous. So she's going to come over um, when they come and says, you know, the same problems he's having, I'm having. So it's not anything unique to him, because I'm sure they're going to come in and say, well, you got to get another router, you got to do this, you got to do that. Well, no, I don't. You need to do something. But, no, I'm done. I'm, I mean, I'm, they're going to come out here today, and then that will give me the rest of this month, and then I'll look into how I'm going to switch because they're not going to have an answer for this. And it's probably, with my luck, it'll be working when they come out. And when it's working, they're like, well, what do you want us to do? <laughs> That's what they say. Get better service. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, Karn. Did, uh, did any of you see that, that game last night? <laughs> With the sons and the... <laughs> well, I, well, Pat, Pat did it. <laughs> I did, did you just hear what I was saying? Yeah, Pat didn't see it. Yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering. But did anybody else see it? You missed a good game, Pat. Um, well, anyone who in my area who had Mediacom probably didn't see it. And then also the Cubs won. Yeah, yeah. that was good. I did see that. That was that so channel. I was, I was flying back and forth between the Cubs and the... Well, that... And the, that all game, my channels were out. I saw the end of that and... I'm, I've never seen a game end that way before. How did it end? Well, they had, I don't know, a little over a second or something left. And uh, She's ta- are you talking about the, the NBA now or the corner? Karn, 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 Karn. Are you talking about, oh, now we're back to the NBA. You were, I thought you were talking about the Cubs. Okay, NBA, how oh, did the it end? Cubs, well, the Cubs won. They won 7-1. to one. Okay, oh, but you were talking about the NBA. Yeah, it ended on a last-second dunk by DeAndre Ayton on an inbounds pass. Yeah, and I've never seen a game end that way. I mean, I have. Not very often, though. No, it was a very uh, unusual ending. Yeah, they just ran a perfect inbounds play, and their 7-foot center jumped up and dunked it over the other center. Yeah, well, the that top, is unusual. And I, thought, I thought for sure that that Phoenix had, and uh, the Clippers had come back and won that game. But if they would have if George had made his free throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the highlights this morning. So, yeah, no, it was uh, sounds like I missed a great game. <laughs> yeah, well, and that last few seconds took 25 minutes. Isn't that frustrating when that happens? I hate that. I did hear them complaining well, about that. Well, and that, that Jeff Gundy was talking about it. He says, you know, there's no way they would have ever been able to do any of that stuff. But with all the going through everything, the coaches had a perfect time to sit down and talk with their players on what to do. Whereas he said regularly, they wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened. So anyway, yeah. I guess. But I would have hated to have to be there and sit through all that going through and reviewing this and reviewing that and that that gets a little bit tiring but it 25 does. minutes for the last few seconds 
No, that, that's ridiculous. And they, something needs to change. Yeah. Because it's well, crazy. Well, and we have more and more reviews. And a guy falls down and some kid, he falls down, so then he puts his hands to his ears. Uh, go look at this. So then they go look at that. And My gosh, I, I can turn over and watch another whole show and then come back and they're still reviewing. Yep. Yep. Well, anyway, have a good day and don't get too wet. It's supposed to rain. Thanks, Karin. Good. Thanks. We still need it. Yeah. Actually, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Actually, I think we're safe this afternoon for yeah. our game, aren't we? Yeah, it's not going to rain till late late night. Tomorrow is going to be a mess. Yeah, but or we have a double header today like from it's five, it's starting at five thirty. Hopefully, yeah. we can get it in with. They're no. going to. They said that they're going to take a, a lot of time. <laughs> well, I'm just hoping we get it in without lightning delays, okay. without electricity going out. Okay. With uh, you know, I mean, after fair enough. after they come in and don't do anything today. Here's what I'm going to do. You, uh, I think if, we need to call the head office immediately. If, if you call, good luck there. Uh, if you uh, call up the guy, Big, big Dog Kevin, mm-hmm. and is it Kevin Holm? And, and I don't know what his name is. I don't either. It's Kevin. Okay. He's been out here. Good guy. Call him up, get Dish. And uh, he'll bundle it with uh, CenturyLink. Again, we got it here. It, it doesn't fail. No, I talked to four people with CenturyLink. Three said it was fine. Other one said his is miserable. Yeah. So I get I Mine is great. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, I mean, ours, no place is perfect. I ours get out that. here. Yeah. Ours out here. Nothing is perfect. You do it and get off of Mediacom, and uh, I'll uh, take care of the first month. Wow. I th- what a what a promotion! Well, that's more incentive. Well, to, then I don't. <laughs> what, that's that's more incentive. Yeah, because you're never going to be happy with MediaCom. It's amazing Obviously, that they're this bad, and yet look at they Iowa. They've got the court rights to Iowa. They're they just won the Better Business Bureau Best Managed Business. So they, did you see that? They've been promoting that on commercials. They won some big award for being the best managed corporation. Did not see that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen three or four. It's ads on commercials when you look at the top cable systems they do not fare well yeah they're well, they like st- they're like number 40 they still won this award though from yeah. the better business bureau yeah. for the best managed business or something it's a yeah, specific well, award i've won i've won awards and too. they make millions <laughs> of dollars <laughs> well i don't do that hello hi guys hey hey uh any comment on the mess that's wisconsin basketball did you see those yeah that was really things? interesting wasn't it um yeah well, um, when you have your senior class saying how dissatisfied you are with your coach and that he didn't, they didn't feel like he had their back. And yet one of them's coming back for a fifth year. And Brad's coming back for a fifth year. I think Greg Gard's personality just rubs people wrong. I think his playing style's boring, and I think they haven't been good enough to offset all that stuff. And frustration's starting to mount. I mean, I... I and that's just the only way I can describe it. I mean, Greg Gard's been on the hot seat up there for years, but he's done well enough to where they can't keep him on the hot seat. But they haven't wanted him up there for years. The fans want Tony Bennett, but if I'm Tony Bennett, I, why would you why, leave Virginia why would to go you? to Wisconsin? You wouldn't. I mean, well, some say he would. I don't know. I and mean, he lived in Wisconsin for a while. He grew up there. But, man, I'd much rather coach at Virginia, especially with Coach K and Roy Williams retired. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just thought thought it was interesting too that they had a strength coach that was fired uh, for a racial 
I was saying, too. Yes, they did. Yeah, so there's obviously some problems up there, but most of those seniors, weren't half of them white? I mean, yeah. Yeah, half were white, half were black. I mean, it was everybody <laughs> was unhappy with him, obviously. But he got the endorsement it's, from Barry Alvarez, and that I think that carries a lot of weight for now. Yeah, and it sounded like, well, it had, they had the meeting after they got pounded by Iowa up there. That's where they had the closed-door meeting with the coach. They were well, off the rails after that game. Well, you know, you expect after winning the the Big Ten the year before, you bring back seven seniors. You would expect as a fan and as a coach and as a player to to contend again, and they really didn't. No, they did make the tournament. Yeah, they again. did. But did they underachieve this year or overachieve the year before? Probably both. Yeah, so it's tough. I just don't think his personality's um, gelling up there with a lot of the players. So, But, you know, that involves a Hawkeye. You got Dean Oliver up there as an assistant coach. So it'll be interesting to see how they move on from this. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. No, thank day. you. Thank you. Yeah, great guard has just not been embraced up there since he was promoted. And Bo Ryan retired at a time when – left the university really no choice but to hire great guard mm-hmm. and i think some people have resented that like they think ryan just masterminded to get his guy in there and i think there's some wisconsin fans who feel they didn't have a chance to test the market well i think that's probably pretty accurate so and that yeah. creates hard feelings and it doesn't give you much margin for error as far because you know you have to admit if great guard what he's done there if he did that at iowa he'd be just fine mm-hmm. yeah i mean he won a big 10 title He's won. Actually, has he won more than one? Um, I think just one. But they've been in the top four almost every year he's been yes, the coach. They have. So it's a tough situation up there. But, you know, I'm sure, Tom, you're losing sleep over the fact yeah. that Wisconsin's having sure. some trouble. Yeah, and I know the Wisconsin fans, you know, they they got very spoiled with Bo. And Barry. And Barry. And... You know they're going to be heading into some tougher times here, and we'll see if they. St- well, we think stand. we don't know for sure. We're making that. Well, I, I, yes, that's true. I mean, football may come out and go eleven and one this year. Well, they could. I don't think that's going to happen, but they could. I don't think they're also going to be in collapse mode either in either sport. I, uh, but they're got to get this basketball thing figured out because that's not going to be a good way to recruit. No. And Barry's gone. You know, Barry's not going to be here much longer. It's going to be real interesting to see. Um, See how they fare. Without Barry? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it will be. It really will be. Because he has been such a huge, presence. huge presence up there. Hello. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey. I want to get back for a second to name, image, and likeness. Okay. Hey. Have you seen the ESPN documentary, uh, 30 for 30, uh, the episode called Broke? No. Um, what was it about? About how uh, it was in 2009 uh, I don't remember the specific numbers, but a, a huge percentage of both former NFL and NBA players. Oh, yes, I did see that. Yes, I did. Right, yeah. and all the financial problems yeah. that they had. Antoine Walker, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, so I'm just, that's the biggest danger I see with, first of all, let me acknowledge, there is a huge inequity, right, between the money the NCAA makes and the fact that these kids aren't getting any part of the pie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... My concern is that if, if they start making money, I mean, who's, who's going to be there to advise them financially? Who's going to be there to protect them from freeloading uh, or, you know, these kind of accountants and agents that are going to rip them off? You would and like to think they're going to put money away to pay their taxes at the end of the year. You, and not only that, think about the competitive advantage that states that don't have an income tax like Florida are going to have versus California. No, you're right. I mean, you, would, <laughs> you would like to think that the, 
universities would be able to do that. But do the universities have the time and resources to add that onto their plate of responsibility? You know, to start advising these kids on, that's a whole other thing. Well, but. they should have advised them before they went to the uh, majors, you know. I mean, that's, you know, and they, and they don't. I mean, they leave college and and a lot of them don't know how to handle money but no you're right about the taxes though that's a whole nother onion that needs to be peeled and dealt with i mean it's a that's going to create an unfair advantage for some i'm just long term my real concern is it's not going to help the kids they're just going to be exploited and taken advantage of just like the way a lot of players always have been fair enough i mean again there is an inequity i just don't i'm really concerned that this is not going to make things better in fact make it worse i think that's a legitimate very possible i I, I all right thanks guys thank you no, I think he brings up a good point. Well, he brings up a good point, but that it's it happens in everything. If you don't know how to handle your money, uh, you know, you don't think about it. You, I mean, there's kids that come out of college seriously that haven't handled a checkbook. Oh no, well, yeah. Well, no, I agree. Daughters. But what he's saying though, this is going to be even more money coming their way and more yeah. to mishandle is what well, he's yeah. saying. Oh, and yeah, I, and, and I agree. And I don't know if the university should. Is it up to the university to tell these kids how to handle their name, image, and likeness money? Do they add that to their I think that's something that that Iowa does teach is, uh, you know, looking past your college experience and teaching you how to how to cope with stuff like that. I think they're better than most on that. Or so I've heard. I haven't sat in on the. No, that's what I've heard too. But I mean, it's not. It's not the institution's responsibility. It's nice that they. That they do it, but MediaCom just reached out to me, and I had to do one more confirmation. They want to still make sure I ha- need the. I think they want me to cancel the appointment because it's working. But I said, <laughs> and then here's what they just sent: Thank you for confirming your appointment to ensure the health and safety of our customers and technicians. Is anyone in your home running a fever and exhibiting symptoms of COVID-19? Um, so I do a no there, and then they also told me that they're hoping that they can do all the work without coming in the house. Because they're really, they don't really want their service person to come in the house because of COVID. I mean, the problem ain't in the house. I'm in double vac. Well, it's either in the house or out. It could be either one. But I'm double vaccinated. I can wear a mask. I don't think I'm. I don't think I would put them at risk. Not at all. But if your neighbor's having the same problem, yeah, she's having the exact same problems. Hers goes out every time. Then it's 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 probably out. That's what. And like I said, they've replaced the outside stuff. That was probably five years ago. They replaced it. Maybe it's time for. Maybe it's time, but man, last night was so frustrating trying to watch that NBA game. And then I try to go to the Cubs game, and it's out. And, you know, and then they tease you with this. This, this channel will come, return shortly. No, I missed the entire fourth quarter of that playoff game. We got into watching some John Wayne Gacy last night on the very scary people. You won't watch White Boy Rick, but you'll watch White Boy John Gacy. I've been watching nothing but NCISs all week on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're in. Happy camper. Oh yeah. John. Well, I hadn't seen the first four seasons. Yeah. So John Gacy, <laughs> clown. Do you think literally uh, and figuratively? Literally. And okay. Figuratively. So when John Gacy was in college, do you think anybody taught him how to uh, handle a checkbook? Yeah, no. he was actually a pretty good, pretty good business. He guy. Spot- He was a contractor. Yeah, and he and he uh, advertised on uh, KXL when I was there. And he in ran, Waterloo. <laughs> ran three KFCs. And, he, and he paid us. Yeah. So there is something good about the guy. And he didn't kill you. <laughs> yeah, he didn't never try to kill me. Well, you were too old. <laughs> I mean, that happened right about when I was in junior high. I, a lot of those age kids were a little older than me, but I remember when I went to Drake, a lot of those kids from the suburbs from around, they 
said that was a major pre- I mean, they grew up with that, you know? I mean, because a lot of my friends lived in Glenview and um, Winnetka and all, you know, this all happened in Des Plaines and what have you. But yeah, it mm-hmm. was. Um, what was this documentary on? It's on, uh, it's Very Scary People is on Netflix. Okay, I've seen it. I've, I've seen it. Did it show him in Waterloo? And Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he do something with the Carters? Well, he had a picture with Rosalind Carter. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, d- did your opinion change on John Gacy no. after watching this? Oh, I've read every book. Me too. I, there was nothing new. This but. is interesting. Um, you know how the NBA's turned really political? I mean, yes. the, yeah. the right with hates the China and- Well, and all the people on the right have been saying, you know, the NBA is falling apart. It's going to... Listen, um, NBA's 56 million Instagram followers, an audience that generated 6.55 billion views and counts about twice the following of the NFL, NHL, and Major League Baseball combined. The NBA is approaching 9 billion lifetime views on YouTube, as many as the other three major American sports combined. And here's another one. The viewership share for this year's playoffs, the percentage of people with TVs in use that are watching the NBA, is at its highest since the league first began logging that data during the 0203 season. Wow. So I think the I don't think the NBA is meeting its demise as no. quickly as some hope. No. Sure you know, like I, I watch the NBA with no political connections at all. I don't watch it sometimes. I, I'm not a huge NBA fan, there, but it's turned so political, this just kind of shoots that theory down. Because there's a lot of people in this country hoping that the NBA falls apart because they hate LeBron James and what they stand for. And yeah. that's just, you know, screw those people. Yeah. I agree. Standing for, and I'm not a fan of China. I don't, you know, you've heard me on here. China's is corrupt and can't. Who be is a fan of China? China, China, other than China. To well, I bet everybody over in China is not a fan of China. They're yeah, just afraid. They're you know, they well, saw they, they just won't shot, say that they're not. You just saw they shut down that paper in Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean they're they're slowly taking that country over, and I don't. When push comes to shove, I don't think we'll go to war for it. Do you? No. I no, I don't think we can. I don't think we can, and I don't think we will. And, I, and they'll just ruin But we won't do, tr- we're, we won't do I trade. I mean, we're already stopped doing trade with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But no, the NBA is thriving right now. Yeah. And I think it's almost good for the league that LeBron James and Kevin Durant aren't going to be in the championship. I, I know it may They're hurt probably. their viewership, but it's showing other teams, other markets, and what have you. Um, I, To be honest with you, I get tired of watching the same. Just like what Don said with name, image, and... And with the playoffs, I mean, it's just college football playoff is boring right now. It's just so predictable. Well, and yeah, it is. And, you know, the problem is to me, yeah, four four teams is one thing. But, yeah, it's the same four getting in all the time because the other teams aren't qualified. And then the odd teams out like Notre Dame get their butts handed to them because they're not that good. Well, and that's in therein lies the problem because this isn't going to fix that you know, there's, there's not going to be 12 teams that deserve to be playing for a national title. No. No, and some years are, and some years, teams 7 and 8 may be really mm-hmm. way off the grid, too, compared mm-hmm. to the other ones. So, I mean, until Nick Saban retires, I just uh, Alabama is going to continue to have this stranglehold on college football. You notice LSU had that great team two years ago. Last year they went 5-5. Five and five. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, Nick Saban, and even Clemson showed a little – decay last year i mean they had injuries and what have you but alabama is the one constant in football they just they show no signs of slowing down yep alabama clemson and ohio state are head and shoulders above the others and alabama's a little bit better better. than those two yeah and nick saban yeah people like well he's pushing 70 nick saban's in perfect shape 
he looks like he could coach another 10 years if he wanted to. I mean, he keeps himself in great shape. So and he makes, what, about $10 million a year? He makes somewhere between 8 and $10 million a year. So this could be Ken that's here. A, that's a pretty good chunk. Hello. Hello. Just wanted to comment about the uh, remaining teams back in the NBA uh, playoffs. The most recent NBA champion of the four left would be the Bucks from 1971. Well, yeah, so I saw that stat. That's incredible. What about him? I'm sorry, I missed the setup. The most of the four teams yeah, still left. Of the four teams Get still left in the playoffs, up. the most recent one to win a championship was the Bucks in '71. Wow. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's second year in the NBA. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, we got to try to keep the line open. I, yeah. I I can't. I hope they didn't think that I was calling Ken and we were going to tape it. I can't. Here we go. No, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, the callers, just we want to keep the line open just so Ken can call in. Hello. Hi. Is this Pat? Yes, this is Pat. Is this Ken? Yes, it is. How you doing? on you got myself tom Souter, and captain yeah. steve um we've been looking forward to doing this and you know we kind of went over a brief outline last night on what we're talking about and um ken we got iowa quarterback coach ken o'keefe on and what is kind of the main focus right now in june for you guys on it i'm mean, obviously recruiting is huge right now but just kind of talk about what is taking up most of your time this time of year well you know the, ma- <clears throat> the main focus this time of the year really is uh recruiting uh, camps are used for evaluation on uh, on prospects that come to campus, uh, you know, along with uh, unofficial visits, and, and we'll have official visits here, uh, you know, this this coming weekend, as well as um, you know, trying to help uh, you know uh, you know the guys on the team any way that we uh, we potentially can as well, uh, and especially the new freshmen that just reported. A little over a week ago, um, you know, because they're they're trying to get settled in, first time away from home, uh, first exposure to, uh, you know, everything that we're doing here from <laughs> whether it's uh, learning a playbook or uh, in the weight room, you know, everything's absolutely brand new. So, um, you know, we're in the uh, the infancy of uh, of helping those guys, uh, you know start moving forward uh and you know and obviously we you know any extra time that we have we're uh, spending on opponent preparation so it's you know it's a pretty uh pretty full schedule so ken how does it feel to have things coming back to normal we talked about that with kirk yesterday but at this time last year things were so different but now you're getting kids on campus not everyone's people aren't wearing masks people are vaccinated just talk about how good it feels to be back to some form of normalcy I mean, you know, it's, it, it feels great. Uh, the, um, you know, the, you know, la- the entire year, uh, you know, last year, um, was, you know, for, for a long time, I'd say until the season uh, was over, especially for me, you just did what you had to do and slugged your way through as best you can. Uh, you know, no matter what the circumstances were, um, knowing that, you know, people are going to get COVID. People, things are going to happen. You know that that you know every var- variable out there was uh, was at play. Uh, so you just did everything you know you could. Just kept your head down and kept you know you know kept slugging till the very end. So you know the craziest thing you know where a season ends with two canceled games. Yeah. But that's uh, you know that's just how uh, how it did. But I would say this, Pat. 
you know, I've been doing this for a long time, 45 years or so now, I think. Uh, so I have never seen a group of young men uh, that, you know, just stared it all right in the face, mm-hmm. did not really blink, and just kept going the entire time. You know, guys were in and out of quarantine. Guys had it. Uh, you know, some guys were quarantined, you know, you know, as, as many as, uh, you know, 28 days, not all at once, but, mm-hmm. you, you know, because of, you know, the different regulations, et cetera. And, and these guys, just they just found ways to keep training, to keep working, to, you know, keep preparing. And, uh, I mean, they've been amazing. I, I, I've, you know, I was in all of these guys uh, the entire time you know, including during the season as well. So, Coach, how how does it change your approach, or does it, to uh, start off with a Big Ten opponent this year? I don't think, you know, I mean, I don't think it changes our approach at all. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, probably, football's probably headed in that direction, probably end up talking about some of that stuff later, but at least the Power Five is uh, probably headed in that direction anyway. Um, and, uh you know, Indiana's got a great football team. Uh, you know, they're coming off of an outstanding year. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we just, we, we got to come out of the gates and be ready. It's as simple as that. Ken, how much is, I don't know if easier is the right word, but Spencer has a year under his belt now. How much, it, it's got to be different now with that. Um, I'm sure your approach doesn't change, but does it make it easier for you and Spencer? You know him more. You've seen him. Just the difference between now and maybe a year ago. Yeah, I mean, you, the the experience on the field in live in live games, you know, is not underrated, undervalued. I mean, mm-hmm. it is the most important thing that any young quarterback or any young player can have. And, you know, his, you know, his situation, you know, he didn't have a normal preseason. We had a start and a stop. We had, you know, we didn't have spring ball. Mm-hmm. So um, most guys haven't been through that, but you know, the rest of the country went through basically the same, same thing, thing we did, yeah. uh, you know, to a large degree, but um, <clears throat> it's, it's so valuable to have a year under your belt, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, from his standpoint or from mine, not that it makes anything easier for any of us because you never can afford to take your foot off the accelerator, but you just, you know, knowing how, you know, knowing when, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, even when he knew the why, uh, you know, knowing how to use his eyes better, uh, you know, we know how to communicate better. You know, my teaching style is to ask a lot of questions. Uh, you know, what did you see? You know, it's the number one question I'll probably ask. Uh, you know, what what did you think? What you know, what'd you feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all things that um, you know we had to um, you know we had to you know work on on the sideline in between series. And and you know, every first year starter for the most part, very few. Uh, you know, don't have, uh, don't have their moments when things are, uh, really running fast and hot Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you might lose your poise a little bit, but, you know, he probably, you know, he, he pushed that, uh, you know, he, you know, he, he, he pushed most of that away after his first couple of games. You know, you said earlier, you've been doing this for about 45 years. Has the game changed a lot? 
I mean, the on the field game. How? Where do you think it's changed the most since you got into coaching? Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that have changed. You know, it's um, it, it's become way more situational. Number one, okay. okay, and that's you know normal advancement of it. Uh, you know, where the focus is more situational and more specific. Um, everyone's throwing the ball way more than they run it. Uh, yeah, you know, point. even though all the in college football, all the numbers are inflated. Uh, whether it's um, quarterback ratings or even amount, you know, amount of yardage you're you're running, you know, uh, in the course of a ball game, it's way different than when even when I got here in '99. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, in that regard, um, we're recruiting younger and younger players. Uh, you know, it's you know we we have guys from the class of '24 that are you know, unofficial visiting. Uh, you know, we have, you know, it's, it's um, younger and younger all the time. Um, the uh, parents are way more over-involved uh, than they ever, ever were before. Uh, the, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, everybody has a private quarterback coach for the most part as well, you know, and, and uh, heck, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, uh, um, I can't, I can't work with these guys certain, you know, certain time, you know, for, during certain times of the year physically. Um, so the same thing in the NFL, the players union prohibits the quarterbacks from, you know, being on site mm-hmm. in the off season doing work. So they go to high school fields right nearby, you know, and, and get their work in. You know, million dollar. You know, guys are getting paid millions of dollars or working out on high school fields, and uh, you know, hopefully not stepping in any potholes or whatever. <laughs> but the, uh, um, but they all have private coaches, and I, you know, and you know, I, I, uh, um, I don't really have any experience in uh, in the private coaching realm, other than uh, one one year in '98, I had. Summer of '98, I had the opportunity uh, to uh, to privately coach uh, um, someone, but you know we're not allowed to you know privately coach prospects. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, you know this opportunity came about when I was at Fordham, and uh, Mr. Mayor, the owner of the Giants, called the office and asked if um, uh, the old head coach of the Giants, Ali Sherman. Uh, could get the practice field, uh, you know, for, um, you know, three days a week because he was a technical consultant in a movie, uh, that they were doing. And he was trying to train, uh, the, the, uh, person they had casted as the, uh, the quarterback in the movie. So, um, and, uh, you know, so Allie Sherman, you guys even know the name? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, no, sure. oh, yeah, no, Absolutely. I know who Allie is. Yep. Okay, so, uh, you know, he came, he came up, he came up to the office and, you know, we, we walked out and unlocked the gate. And the next thing I know, uh, all these black suburbans start pulling up and, you know, guys are jumping out and next in comes a Bentley, more, a <laughs> couple more suburbans behind it. And it's, um, uh, you know, this guy gets out of the, you know, guy gets out of the car and coach Sherman introduces him to me. 
and his name's Sean Combs. You guys ever hear of him? A uh, time or two. Yes, I have. <laughs> yep. Okay. And, you know, so that was the first time I met Puff Daddy. Okay. And so, uh, you know, so Coach, you know, so Allie takes him out on the field and, you know, works him out a little bit and, uh, um, it, and uh, you know, it goes well. All the guys that came, all the guys that came in those suburbans and stuff were that were they were his bodyguards. That's what I figured. Um, they they were all off duty New York City detectives, and they all got out, put their cleats on, and they ran all the routes for him. Really? Which uh, <laughs> and they and they were good. They all played in that. You know, they all played in that. Uh, Police, uh, okay. you know, fire league they have back there, which sure. is full, you know, full gear, everything, you know, mm-hmm. so it's pretty intense. But, um, but anyway, um, you know, after the workout, uh, we lock up and, uh, you know, uh, you know, and Ali Sherman was a boyhood hero of mine when he coached all those guys like uh-huh. Y.A. Tittle and, sure. you know, mm-hmm. you know, Frank, Frank Gifford and, um, you know, I'm amazed you guys know the names. You guys are just babies. But anyway. <laughs> not not no, me. Ken, two of the guys in here are older than you. <laughs> oh, oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got dinosaurs okay. in here. Oh, no, this is, you're okay. talking about childhood here in teen, <laughs> yeah. teendom. Yep. <laughs> yep. 72. So, yeah, oh, okay, good, good. Okay, from college or high school, 72. No, I'm 72. That's his age. <laughs> I'm still oh, working. Oh, 72. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah, good. Yep. All right. So you're not a baby anymore. No. All right. Well, he's Nor a baby. I. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're closer. We're, you know, we're getting closer to wearing our diapers again. Than <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a good thought. That's uplifting. <laughs> yeah. and, anyway. Hey, it's reality. Okay. So look it. Let's get back to the story. How okay. Did we get, how did we die? Ah, who knows? Okay. It's called drifting. Anyway. Yes. All right. So anyway, you know, Allie and I are walking back up to my office, and he turns to me and he says, "Hey, Ken. You know, uh, I uh, I would really like to go up and see my daughter and my grandkids in New Hampshire and go on vacation for uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, would you mind?" you know, training, you know, training Puffy for, you know, the next three weeks. <laughs> and so that's, I got roped into doing that. Okay. Uh, because he wanted to go on vacation and I never, you know, uh, didn't hear a whole lot about, you know, he didn't even, you know, he was up, you know, up there on, on golden pond or something. <laughs> I don't know where, where he was, okay. but, uh, any, anyway, uh, now, now I'm coaching, uh, I'm coaching Puffy for the next three weeks. The guy was amazing. I mean, he worked his rear end off. He, uh, you know, he's a, he was a good athlete. He went to Mount St. Michael's. Was a good, very good basketball player there. Was he a good quarterback? And, um, uh, you know, he he had you know he his arm wasn't his motion wasn't probably as natural as uh, as you'd like it to be, but you know, which he was concerned about. But uh, you know, he knew that you know the photography could take care of things, but. So we went on, and you know, we worked, you know, I think three days a week in the morning. This guy was there every day at eight o'clock. It didn't matter if he had a concert, and uh, <laughs> if he had a concert in uh, California, he was back uh, at the workout. If he, you know, if he was doing something in Florida, or if he was in the in the recording studio all night long, he was at the workout the next morning, and all of his guys were running routes, you know, which 
which I just loved. And then the kid, more of the kids in the neighborhood, uh, the more you know, the word got out. They were all surrounded, the fences, and and he was great with those kids too. He just said, "Hey, I've got to get my workout in. You guys are here when I come out. I'll sign all your autographs." He, I mean, he was he was a genuine guy. Now. Interesting. I, and and I I loved his I loved his work ethic. Um, and anyway, we're you know we're moving along, uh, you know, with this thing, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's, we're three weeks in, and uh, you know we uh, you know we get a little uh, you know we we get a little call from the you know the commissioner of the NFL. Uh, not a call. For, I get a call from Ali Sherman, and he, you know, you know he thought we had trained enough. Uh, the commissioner, I guess, had looked at the whole thing and maybe didn't like the script as much for the movie uh, 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 any given Sunday. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Might not might might not have put put the NFL in the best light. But um, anyway, uh, so I we. Um, we had to move, uh, moving it, you know, I had to, I had to get back and coach the team and, and then, um, uh, you know, uh, puppy had to get, you know, he had to get some stuff he had to get done too. So, uh, we were over after about three weeks and then eventually, uh, what happened was, um, uh, Oliver stone. And I think, uh, puppy couldn't agree on, you know, how to work out his concert schedule. And I think, it, you know, I could I could be wrong with some of these facts. Now it's been a while, but um, he uh, and that's how Jamie Fox got the star, the starring role. Uh, interesting. But that I, is interesting. That is far, interesting. Yeah, as far as I know, you know, Puffy had it first. At least that's what uh, that's what Ali told me. So, no. anyway, uh, that's my only experience uh, as a private quarterback coach. Well, so I, you know, I I I have you know that's part of the game now, and I. I accept that. You know, you're talking about things that changed, uh, have changed, you know, the college playoffs, uh, you know, now, or, you know, we, we have college playoffs going, um, which I had some experience with in division Mm three. You know, I think, um, you know, the expansion of our, uh, of our division one playoffs are good. Uh, you know, I, I personally, I think it's a mistake to go to 12 teams. It just, it doesn't, you know, we, we've had the four dominant uh, figures in the playoffs. Um, it's really not, you know, it's not a playoff if that's, mm-hmm. you know, if it's if it's four games, in my opinion. You know, the NCAA basketball tournament, that's a playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, we in order to make this a playoff, we'd have to go to at least 16 games, no buys. You know, sixteen I, games you know, or sixteen teams. teams. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, sixteen teams okay. and no. Thank you. Sixteen teams and no buys. I agree. Um, you know, and uh, but personally, um, you know, you know, personally, uh, with the NCAA, which is another, uh, you know, another issue, and and with the you know the playoff system, uh, you know, eventually because of what's going on, I mean, isn't it amazing? That, you know, we had to go, it had to go to the Supreme Court to make a ruling on whether we are going to give student-athletes on our rosters educational, the complete educational support mm-hmm. that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a tra- it's, a, it's a travesty that that occurred, that we wasted the Supreme Court's time with 
a matter as small as that. I agree. It just, it's just incredible that the NCAA couldn't rectify that, straighten that out. I mean, you know, no one sh- I mean, that is that administration should be gone. They have outlived their usefulness at this particular point. You know, basketball may feel different, but not 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 for football. I mean, the sooner that football moves, you know, to this, you know, the power five, 64, you know, uh, team, you know, super conference with a single commissioner that can actually enforce rules, mm-hmm. not allow cheat, not allow cheating. Uh, you know, straighten out all the issues that, you know, that, uh, that exist in college football. With, and then you can go to a 32-game uh, uh, playoff. Uh, now, we're talking, uh, now we're talking about something. But anyway, those are the things that um, <clears throat> have changed. How's that? You got no, no. That, that, what I can't figure out with the NCA is they choose to micromanage some things, and then they let, like you just said, they let this thing just kind of take on its own. Take on character. its own. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, it's. I'm with you on that. I wanted to ask you about quarterback coaches, though. Do you ever have a concern or situations where you're coaching a kid, and then he goes and he's away from you for three weeks, and he has somebody else telling him to do something different? Does that ever come up? I mean. To where you, what something you may teach is different than what somebody else may teach. Well, you know, I, I'll have contact with these guys a lot of times too, you know, and and uh, and you know, uh, like the guy that Spencer goes to and Nate goes to, he, you know, he's, um, you know, he'll ask me, hey, what, you know, anything you want, okay, you know, want mm-hmm. want me to look at, you okay. know, so there's cl- there's a little collaboration, okay, but it is, you know, different terminology, but. And it's all good. And a lot of times it triggers, it can trigger a positive thing, uh, you know, for the player that maybe I wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to convey, uh, you know, but I, you do have to be careful of, uh, you know, um, you know, all the voices that could be in one guy's sure, head because, sure. um, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it can get, it can get messy if you don't watch it, I guess. But I really haven't had a bad experience um, you know, with, uh, with those guys, they're trying to help those, you know, they're trying to help them, uh, get better as well. You know, I think we had more problems actually, uh, you know, be perfectly honest with you. Um, it, we had, we had, uh, more problems last off season during the summer when they couldn't even train okay. on yeah. campus, you know, where they would, because I, you know, you're not around at all and, you can't see it drop. You can't see, you know, uh, them patting the ball or doing something that they got into. You know, they train themselves wrong sometimes with their feet, sure, uh, and you know, or with you know, or with their their arm. Everything you do, you know, it's it's uh, it's all running hot through that neural system, and what you know, what you do, you know, to cement, you know, those those messages that get sent be a, a dangerous thing if it's done wrong you know you're, you're sure. training it one way or the other either right or wrong yeah. you don't want to train it wrong and uh and with those guys i'm not worried about them actually training too much wrong you know because uh you know of of who they are i know i know the guys that our guys work with anyway if okay. that makes no that makes sense makes yep sense. good um we were just okay. talking 
talking to Donnie Patterson in the last hour, and he had some uh, very strong opinions on the name, image, and likeness uh, issues that are going to be coming up here momentarily. What can you talk about that a little bit? What are some of your feelings about uh, the problems and that how it may change up? and impact what yes. you guys do? Yeah. Well, nobody knows how it's going to exactly. Well, Nobody knows exactly how it's going to impact um, recruiting or uh, transferring. It's who has, you know, I, I, I mean, is it going to come down to who can pay these guys the most money? Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, um, and uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be a very difficult thing to um, uh oversee and you know the, the NCAA is incapable of overseeing most of the things that uh, we've got right now mm -hmm. their their oversight and enforcement is you know their oversight's better than their enforcement and their enforcement is virtually non-existent mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and uh, like I'm really surprised by what's going on down at uh, Arizona State that it actually is you know whatever's moving forward. But mm -hmm. the bottom line is um, it's going to change a lot of things. Now, originally, uh, you know, I was all for, and I, and I still am this whole, you know, the, these guys being, you know, paid and compensated mm -hmm. for um, these, these different things. You know, originally I thought, okay, um, you know, we need to put a fund in, uh, you know, put a fund together Two, actually two funds uh, that I was a proponent of. One would be for uh, the individual player himself. Once he graduates mm -hmm. and he's entitled to get all the money that he earned, you know, we put it in a, in an account, we can earn interest and bang, we give it to him once he, you know, once he graduates mm -hmm. uh, because the institution is still held responsible for graduation rates. Uh, the institution is still penalized uh, according to those types of things as well. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, you want to, and, and, you know, all these guys coming out early in the draft after three years is affecting all that stuff, uh, you know, at times. Uh, also, never mind transferring around the country. But, and then the other, the other fund I thought we should be, build would be like, you know, for disabled, you know, uh, you know, players that, you know, show up with problems down the line, mm -hmm. um, you know, because the, you know, the institutions do a pretty good job of taking care of uh, post, you know, uh, you know, post uh, education, you know, after they leave, mm -hmm. or, you know, you know, and they want to come back. Most everybody, I think, is really good uh, about helping the guys, uh, the guys do that. But, um, yeah, I just, I worry more about, okay, you know, what, you know, it's out of our hands. Every inch, every major college, every Division One team has hired somebody to handle this stuff for you. And because we don't, you know, we're in uncharted territory and it's whoever can get, you know, um, the most, uh, you know, you know, the, you know, the most endorsements, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, just like Twitter, the most likes and yeah, yeah, you know all that stuff. So I don't, I don't know. It's it, but uh, it, it it's uh, 
We don't have the rules in place. The fact that the NCAA had tried to, you know, put it on Congress, again, shows you exactly where they're at. Uh, and Congress has, I mean, again, again, Congress has a lot of bigger issues uh, to deal with other than college football, uh, as far agree. as I'm concerned. No, I agree and, with you. And, uh, and, and so that's where it would work a lot better, you know, if we went, you know, if we went with the Power Five, you know, the Group of Five should be on their own in a lot of ways. You know, there's some that maybe can pull up, uh, but, you know, it's a fraud. The Group of Five being in Division One to a certain degree is a fraudulent system, you know, because of, uh, you know, how the money, uh, you know, uh, not not so much, the you know, the, the TV money, that's not, but, you know, in order to stay in Division One with the attendance rules, et cetera, um, you know, um, and how they how they do that, you know, by buying their own tickets and doing those types of things, uh, you know, is, is you know to me is completely wrong. You know, either you meet the requirements or you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know now, and they've been holding us hostage to play us, you know, for like uh, you know a million dollars a game for the last however many years. Uh, and they're still able to take the players that we want because of the, they've benefited, benefited the most by the early signing date. So anyway, um, you know, I think, I think that should be divided, you know, down the line as well. Not, mm-hmm. not everybody's going to agree with me, but that, you know, that, that's, uh, you know, that, that's fine. But those are just some of my thoughts on, uh, you know, where, where the whole thing's going to go. But, you know, my understanding with the, um, you know, with the whole name image likeness is that uh, uh, <clears throat> there's going to be more women leading the way uh, as far as endorsements are concerned than guys, you know, if it, if it was done legitimately. Hmm. So anyway. Uh, no, that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense. And I, back to the quarterback position, I know, and we've talked to you about this, the position has changed a lot over the last 30 years. There's more, <coughs> excuse me, more dual threats. The game's more spread out now. But does it still can come down to an accuracy? I mean, you look at Tom Brady. I know it's – I think sometimes – and maybe I'm wrong. I know in your world it's not overlooked, but I think sometimes the average fan forgets about how important it is to throw an accurate pass. And when I throw an accurate pass, I'm talking about a pass where a receiver doesn't have to adjust his body, where he can stay. How much is that – when you're looking for quarterbacks, how much is – is accuracy number one on your list I mean, when you're looking to scout a quarterback? couple of things are number one on my list. Um, anticipation for the quarterback. Okay. Okay. With a receiver, it's range. Okay. The length. Um, you know, because uh, especially with outside guys and, the, and even inside guys, it helps sometimes. But, you know, there, it's a lot easier for a receiver to make a quarterback look great than it is for a quarterback to make a receiver look great. Okay. You know, my experience over the years. So those guys play a big part of, uh, of the statistical accuracy, uh, you know, that you see after a ball game. Um, but, you know, Brady, you know, for instance, uh, you know, he has very good anticipation. He is always in balance, uh, tries to have great rhythm with his feet, and he's always ready to get the ball out when he needs to. Mm-hmm. They do a great job of flattening that pocket for him, and uh, you know, and and he has great chemistry with those receivers. He, you know, I don't know if he's still doing it or not, but 
think he used to go home to California and then get all those guys when he was with the Patriots, bring them out there, and they'd run around for four weeks or mm-hmm. something. But um, anticipation is more important than anything because that's how you're going to get your accuracy. Knowing, you know, anticipation, when to let the ball go, and you know, and then you know, and then having clear places to put the ball, clear clearly identified, you know, targets, whether sure. it's, you know, you've got a, a, a deep crossing in, in route, uh, you know, a, a deep in or dig route, they call it, you know, where you can throw that ball just, you know, as Bill Walsh used to say, you can throw the ball three yards out in front of the receiver and he's going to run through it, you, you know, without a problem. Mm-hmm. If you throw it two yards, you know, you might, you might still be okay. If you throw it one yard out in front of him, it's going to be behind him. Yep. You know, so, you know, it's those kinds of things, you know, where you, you know, where you putting the ball, you know, you know, and, you know, in a hook, you know, or a, a speed out or comebacks, post balls, where, you know, where, you know, do you have a clearly defined area that, you know, or, or, uh, you know, target point that you would like to put the ball on time because you guys have heard me talk a lot about, you know, in the rhythm passing game, timing passing game where against zone. Okay. I want that ball out a third, third of the way and uh, out of his hands and a third of the way to the receiver by the time he comes out of his cut. Sure. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we get good at it, maybe we can get it halfway there. And it, it, then it becomes virtually, you know, you, you know, you know, virtually unstoppable. But when it's man to man, it's a whole different ballgame, and that's where you got to keep your feet in balance and you know be ready to get that, get rid of that thing uh, at any time. And that's that's where you know Brady excels there too, because he see they see a lot of man to man coverage, uh, all kinds of man to man coverages um, in the uh, in the NFL. I saw some some stats from Spencer's first year that so when he gets the ball out quickly in in the first part of the play gets it out faster he's been successful two thirds of the time with a completed pass and when it's later on in the play it, it gets under fifty percent is that um, is that just a question of time being on the field more often where he he will go through his reads faster and is that typical of most quarterbacks do they also have numbers like that the quicker you get rid of the ball the better your chances of completion yeah i mean our guys have had numbers like that over the years Mm -hmm. uh you know i mean if you go back and look at guys um, the longer you have it the less you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i mean the whole thing is about decision making, right? Yep. So think about these guys. They go up to the line of scrimmage. They got to point out whoever the mic is, mm-hmm. right? They now, you know, they, now they've, you know, now they've got to go, and especially in a pass game, start with pre-snap read. As they they point the mic out, hey, who's in the safety box? Next, we're going, you know, field the boundary, okay, and then, you know, uh, we're taking a peek at the, you know, the. Uh, you know the near hat, you know the the near safety for the uh, the post snap indicator, and go from there. You know, so you know they're reading a bunch of stuff with the corners. You know, alignment. You know, depth, uh, depth with eyes, things like that. But you know, it's all happening, bam. You know, and and uh, 
So, you know, you got to train their eyes. It's all, it's all what they see mm-hmm. so that they can make decisions. And, and those decisions are critical and how fast they make them, uh, you know, matter. So the slower that they make them, okay, the more likely they're going to lose the race. Sure. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It yep. does. You guys know you guys know what race I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, uh, explain it. It's not the human race either. No, okay? <laughs> I figured that. Okay. It is. You're going to lose. You know, lose the race against the defensive line. Okay, that makes sense. So, okay, so the receivers, you know, they got some axioms. You know, be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Don't pull the quarterback. Okay, and you know win the race okay. and we need to win the race too so that's why when we recruit a guy his feet have to be good enough to get set up quickly in the pocket we'd love for him to be able to he's got to be able to move around in the pocket so he can get to a second read uh we love we'd love him to be able to come out of the pocket and make the first down for us you know i mean when we had brad banks he could run 60 yards you know that was that was just a plus yeah but um so we're looking for those quick feet you know then you know, then we're, you know, we're looking for what, you know, we're looking for, uh, you know, quick release as well because mm-hmm. that some guys just have a slower delivery, you know, with, you know, with a, you know, muddied up release that is, you know, you might be patting the ball. You see a lot of quarterbacks pat the ball, yeah. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You guys know, you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, exactly. Yep. Okay, I never understood that. I don't know how that helps uh, a quarterback. To pat the ball, it just—it's it, like a false step in a drop. Okay, if I if I am going to take a, uh, a five-step drop, and I fall step, my right-handed quarterback, I fall step with my left foot first before I drive and reach off the uh, the, the first step. I turned a five-step drop into a six-step drop, so it's naturally going to take longer for me to get it out of my hand. Sure, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. and it's going to give the defensive line one step more of an advantage. Okay. So, and the same thing can go on. If you pat the ball, it can be a similar thing. It's amazing how much responsibility a quarterback has. And you brought up Brad Banks. I was going to ask you. It's hard to believe it's been 19 years since that season. Ken, did you see that coming? I mean, did did you think, wow, we've got something here with Brad this senior? Or did he just over – did he over – did he exceed even your expectations? How do you explain that? How do you explain any of it? The guy had 84 catches or something, uh, you know, uh, his first year in junior college. Mm-hmm. And, and he had, he's a one-year starter, and we're the only ones to offer him. I know. So did I see it coming? Uh, did I see it coming on our first, I think the first Saturday we scrimmaged uh, back then? I forget uh, exactly. I don't know if it was. You know, it's still still March or maybe the first week in April. But you know, Brad was um, was was in taking snaps in his first spring. You know, and the first group was out, and he was uh, you know he was uh, you know he was working with the other guys, and uh, you know it was one of those days. It, you know, it, it sort of reminded me maybe this is what the end of the world will be like. You know, uh, <laughs> where uh, it was sunny, it was it was chilly. It was chilly, but it was sunny, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next thing you know, it's overcast and it's raining. Five minutes later, it's snowing. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. How about we went we went through like two or three cycles of that during practice. Sun, rain, snow. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long it, it took him, but Brad, you know, by the time you know, by the time we were at the end of practice, he could not even take a snap. His hands were so cold and, you know, frozen. And it and, and uh, you know, it was it, it was hilarious, you know, because we knew, you know, here he is coming up from the south, first, mm-hmm. first experience, you know, up north at spring. Well, it's a little different, obviously, and uh, it was probably the worst, you know, worst uh, event, uh, weather event, you know, with the three combinations of things to, uh, uh, you know, for him to experience that day. And, you know, did we think that he was going to be second in the Heisman, uh, you know, two years later? Uh I don't think so. No, what you know, mm-hmm. uh, incredible. Story. We weren't we weren't sure. Yeah, we we knew we liked you know we loved his release, his arm, his attitude, you know, his work ethic, his feet, you know, you know, all of it, and that and that's why we tried. You know, he we we tried to put him in. I think in the first quarter of every game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, McCann's what was that uh, two thousand and one? Two thousand one. Yep. yep, and. Uh, and, um, you know, he was McCann's backup. And we tried, you know, I even tried to run the same play with him every time, too. You know, so just to kind of get him some uh, some work and uh, and go from there. We even, we did it right up until uh, up until the, uh, I think we even gave him a rep, you know, gave him a series in the uh, Alamo Bowl yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. So, you know, that, that was, uh, you know, that was, you know, Kirk wanted to do that. And it, that, you know, that was a great idea. Great idea. Well, Ken, we got one. Tom, you got to ask your. I do. I got a question. We got one last question. Ken, we really appreciate your time. This has been this a lot of awesome. fun. We could go on forever, but I, I, I gave you a heads up, Ken, that this question was coming. Remember, we're a radio station. These guys play a lot of music here. So here you go. All right. So, Ken, you get a call from uh, Gary Barta, and he says, Ken, I got a, I got a problem, and the, the, you're going to have to solve it for me. And he's, he's going to say, we need to get some money in here fast. Uh, we need you to plan a concert to fill up Kinnick Stadium to make up for some of that money we lost last year. Who is Ken O'Keefe going to hire to fill up Kinnick Stadium? There you go. And I told you who Kirk said. Well, I know. Okay. Well, if you really want to fill it up, yeah, then you you know you go with uh, you know you go with uh, you know Jay Z, uh, you know. Beyonce, you know, you know, you know, you know, yes, one of those guys. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, they'll, uh, you know, Justin uh, Timberlake. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. It, yep. And uh, you know, uh-huh. those guys. And but I know you can fill it up with with my guys too. So, so who's your guy? Uh, you get one. You've named a lot of great ones. You get one choice, and it can be one of your guys. I mean, who's yeah. one, who's like? Uh, I mean, Kirk picked Bruce Springsteen because he said it's his favorite. That's his favorite performer. But you got to fill it up. Yeah, great, great. And you know, I coach the quarterbacks. We always have more than one choice. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know that. That's a good way to put it. That's so, a good, good way to put okay. it. So you know, if if we could, uh, you know. And these guys have worked together before. Uh, I'd bring in Eric Clapton and Santana. Oh, oh, oh wow. well, there you go. That would definitely fill and it if, up. And if and if Clapton doesn't want to do it, then I'd get Santana to bring in 
Earth, Wind, and Fire with him because I know that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing this year. Oh, that anyway. would be, that would be great. I would love okay. to see that concert. That's a good one, Ken. I like that one. Yeah. That, that answer stands out. And hey, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Like I said, I wish we had more time, uh-huh. but I know you're busy. But Ken, we really appreciate yep. this and enjoy the rest of summer what you can. And good luck in recruiting. And we will um, we'll be bugging you guys here in a couple months. We'll get back into a normal routine again. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Ken. Have a good day. You too. Uh-huh. Okay. Ken oh, O'Keefe, quarterback coach for the Hawkeyes. Yeah. I had no idea he coached Puffy. No, I didn't either. And Great for, story. And, no, that is a really good story. I wasn't a big fan of that movie. I'm actually, maybe Puffy should be his choice. Think P. Diddy could. Uh, P. Diddy. Would he fill it up? Uh, Probably not. Does he do a lot of singing? Isn't he more of a manager or a? Well, prom- now he is. Now he is. Okay. Yeah. But I but think back in the day, you know. Could you imagine Santana and Earth, Wind, and Fire? Yeah, I think the great in their choice. Heyday? Yeah. I mean, I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. I never did see him either. Did you? No. Captain, did you ever see Earth, Wind, and Fire? Oh, just say that. You may have a chance. What do you mean? Well, I can't say any more than that. That I may have a chance to see Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. On MediaCom. No, you won't have no. You don't, you're not going to no. see much on me. I'm right in the middle of a concert, then it just goes out. <laughs> right during fantasy. Hello. <laughs> Why? That, that, that coach is kind of a name dropper. You know? <laughs> you know, I've met some pretty, pretty famous people too, and you don't hear me bragging about it. <laughs> <laughs> so he he met Slim Snoopy or something. <laughs> I, but uh, I've been I I used to get backstage passes for. Uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of people don't know I was kind of famous in the industry. <laughs> backstage passes and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I met some of the biggest in the. <laughs> in the world and he wants to drop names on a, <laughs> a, a football podcast for Christ's sake. <laughs> and then he, he just goes on and on and on. <laughs> I mean, I like you, Coach, but you need to know, know when to shut up sometimes. <laughs> Talk sports. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for crying out loud. <laughs> you think people want to hear you dr- drone on and on and on and <laughs> On and learn how to do a race. It's not all about you. <laughs> Why did I buy this? <laughs> Talk about an ego. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just learn some humility. <laughs> wow. Now, if wow. Ken's listening, how do we explain that? I'll let you guys. This is your creation. No, no, it is not my creation. How do you explain that? Just so Ken knows he's not making fun of Ken. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing. this station. Jesus, I got. It. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh. Why did I buy? I thought it was nice, Ken. I, I was. I told him we're very laid back. I said you guys are two big homers and keys are on the desk. Suited. I thought Ken was. <laughs> I like Ken's got a sense of humor. Yes, he does. He does. He's got a dry. Oh, sense I've of talked to him a few times. Oh that, yeah, other times. That was great. No, it was. I really mean, that was a great interview. Yeah, it really you was. Know? It was really interesting yeah. listening to him. The one question I didn't ask him, but I didn't realize it was forty-five minutes in. Because I told him we'd have him on for like 20, 20. I wanted to ask him when they when Iowa was eight had lost eighteen to twenty under those guys under Kirk. 
did he ever think, oh, my God, we're not going to get this done? I've asked Kirk that question. Uh-huh. Kirk said there was one time when they were struggling. Remember when Sam Aiello got hurt and they he, somehow he couldn't play and it was during the early in the 2000 season. And I remember Kirk saying that was one time when he thought, God, man, maybe this just isn't going to work out. But somehow they fought through it. When they were 18, when they were 2-18 and 18 under Kirk, mm-hmm. did, what were you thinking? Stick with it because there's there is some improvement, not in ones and losses, but they didn't look quite. They got better. As underwhelmed as they they did in Hayden's last. Season. Oh no, nothing like that. Yeah. No, you're right about that. Hello. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I had a lot of drinks that day. But I'm pretty sure the '09 Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think Earth, Wind, and Fire might have played the halftime show. So you might have. I thought it was have cool a lot of in the Hawkeye game. Fans that have seen them just kind of by default. I thought, yeah, so. I, th- I thought. Are you sure it wasn't cool in the game? Yeah, I, think I think it was, was cool in the game. Yeah, I, oh, I, I think so. I could I think be wrong, so too. but well, he said to correct him if he's wrong. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not for sure, but no, you're. I do remember the show, yeah. but I do think it was cool in the gang. I was a bigger fan of Earth, Wind, and Fire than Cool in the Gang. Oh know. my God, yes. Earth, Wind, and Fire was incredible. I mean, some of the yeah. li- the concerts I've seen on TV just I mean, incredible. And are they still performing? Uh, yeah. Well, but is of, it? But Earth and Wind are gone now. It's just fire, right? I, I mean, <laughs> some of them have died, haven't they? Uh, yeah. Well. I think one of them did. Is Philip Bailey still alive? I think so. How about his voice yeah. in the song Reasons? Hello. Got a hell of a voice. Hey, Pat, do you know what percentage of the football players have had vaccinations? Well, um, no, I didn't. And Kirk, Kirk was asked about that. He was also asked whether he would try to incur. Kirk basically said he's leaving those decisions up to individual decisions. But, no, I do not know. How many? I know the ones that showed up yesterday were all vaccinated because nobody had masks on. Because they basically said if you were going to show up to yesterday's press conference and you didn't have double vaccination, you had to wear a mask. And none of the players that showed up there had masks on. So I know I'm guessing I'm going to say more than half if I had to guess. But I don't know an exact number. And Kirk was real careful about Kirk does not want to be seen as he's trying to tell somebody either get it or don't get it. He, it's hands off. It's an individual decision. And that's what Kirk was saying. I don't saying. think he could he can't. say anything. No, he anyway. can't. Yeah. He doesn't. He, he made a point of saying that, too. Yeah. So this fall, um, for the players that didn't get vaccinated, when they're on the sidelines, they'll have to wear a mask. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't right. have the answer for that, and I don't know. Maybe all the players have been vaccinated. Do you think all the players have been vaccinated? Not all. No. I, I think I would. I would I'm saying a fair amount. A fair amount, yes, yeah. would be my guess. I'd say the majority. I would say definitely the majority. Oh, without question. And, yeah. But, you know, there's going to be some anti-vaxxers in any large group of people well, like yeah. that. I and mean, some of them gonna, are going to do what their parents want them to do, too. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, there's definitely... I mean, I'm getting ready to go to a family fun- my mom's memorial service on Saturday. I, I doubt all my family members have been vaccinated. I could be wrong. I don't know. I haven't, but it'll be interesting. I'm, I don't plan on wearing a, a mask or anything, but um, it'll be interesting to see when if that discussion comes mm-hmm. up. Hopefully, hopefully it won't. I don't want to talk about that. I'd rather talk about mom. Yeah. But yeah, we have Good. my mom's memorial service. Man, she's been dead for four months. It's hard to believe. It's amazing how... Um, it's weird going through my first Mother's Day and first Father's Day without either one of them. It's just, I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just kind of depressing, but, I mean, getting old sucks. But they both lived till they were 91. Do Catholics believe in the resurrection that you come back? and? Um, you mean reincarnation? No, like, you, you know, Jesus comes and everybody rises and everything. Well, I mean, 
We believe in dying and going to heaven and living in eternal bliss. That's kind of okay, the... Will eternal bliss come before Mediacom corrects your cable? Problem? No, no, because like I said, I don't think I'm going to stick with Mediacom because I don't think they're going to be able to say anything today. If it's, I hope it goes out when they're there, but even if it goes out when they're there, I mean, it always usually comes back. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The fact that my neighbor has the same issue, like you said, Captain, that shows you it's not my yeah, equipment. No, it's, no, it's, it's, very it's not in your, yeah, it's, it's all, whatever's feeding your neighborhood. And, and it's always I mean, the they same. could, they could change all the lines in your neighborhood. And it's still made But it's still getting something from somewhere. And yes. it's always it's, the same way. It's, it's like start- Christmas tree lights. Basically, yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Mm-hmm. And what ha- it always starts the same way, though. It it garbles, then it freezes, oh, then it. Dis- wait, hang oh, on, hang on, hold on. Go ahead, Pat. Oh no, they can go. I'm done. Okay. Mentioned Clapton. Yeah. Yes. I love Clapton, but did you hear what happened to him after he took one of those COVID vaccines? Yes. Those experimental vaccines. They're no. Not experimental. He's going to play guitar for two weeks. No. He's, yeah. he's got no he's got nerve no. damage. He's got nerve damage. He had trouble he, playing the guitar before COVID. Yeah. He, no. Oh, I'm not no, you're dealing done. with that crap. He had trouble with playing the guitar before. Didn't he have to hire a guitarist to tour with him? Uh, well, uh, Taylor Swift sat in with him and and backed him up. So was this guy just pushing the anti-vaxxers? Yes, I exactly. Just, yes, I, I don't, I'm going to hear that yeah. crap. You know, yeah. I, I don't... I mean, I don't no, know. No, we're not airing that crap. I don't know, you know what the end game is for the people that don't want to believe in the vaccine. Vaccines work. Nobody, you're not seeing people with polio. You're not seeing people, you know, with the smallpox. Vaccines work, you know. And this one, it wasn't, ex- one it's not works. experimental. It's not experimental. God, it's amazing, though, how some people they just had, want to embed politics yeah, in Hundreds everything. of millions of people have gotten this successfully worldwide. Including everybody here. It is working. Yeah. And if you don't want to get it, then shame on you. Wear a mask and leave me alone. It, yeah. Exactly. That's what's going to happen. These people, that aren't, they're going to have to wear masks or they're not going to be able to get into places. Because the virus is going to virus, folks. If you're not going to be vaccinated, the virus will find you. Oh, and this Delta yeah. thing is nothing to mess with. We're no. going to be... We're going to be taking more shots here in the next six to nine months. That's fine. Because if not, we're going to be wearing masks again. But coronavirus vaccines are not experimental. The flu shot, this is just the same thing, only to attack a different, uh, you know, a different system. There's nothing experimental about it. I agree with you. And I'm not yeah. taking a political stand. I'm taking a common sense stand. I common am. sense. Yeah, I'm taking a political stand. That's fine. Sense. Yeah. You know. But on this side, I'm practically politically, I'm on your side on this one because it's ridiculous. Well, it shouldn't be this, political. It this shouldn't is, no. be. This is science. It, it's, it's science, medical. yes. Hello? Hey, Pat, how about Pink Floyd, man? God. I think we should just, you know, we had a great... Move along to Halo. Well, well, yeah. let's, let's, let's I'll let you guys answer that question. You know what my answer is going to be, Tom. How about Pink Floyd? Well, they're not together. They won't get together. I don't... They hate each other. And one of them's nuts. So I think it would be a poor idea. And the yeah. keyboard player's dead. Yeah. Keyboard player's dead. Sid Barrett's Gilmore. dead. There's Gilmore. a lot of keyboard players out there. Gilmore doesn't want anything to do with Waters and vice versa. And Waters is crazy. 
<laughs> so, I agree. Yeah, no. Other than that, Pink Floyd's doing <laughs> they're doing great. And their last really, really, really good album came out forty years ago. So, yeah. Captain, I'm giving you that. Yeah, the, the, I, I get mean, it. I get it. God. No, somebody reviewed him. I found another review when I was from a few months, like six months ago, or something, and said at one point in time. Well, first they thought he was a liberal, and people were booing and saying libtard and everything. And then he changed the subject, and they didn't know what he was. Well, <laughs> they thought he was an anarchist. Well, what is he really? What he is just, he politically? He's, he's nuts. nuts. <laughs> yes, politically, he belongs to the Bin party. But is he's, he left or right? Yeah, they couldn't figure it out. This one review said I couldn't figure it out, and I just wanted him to complete the damn song, and he never did. He just went on to another song after after a 21-minute rant. The Yikes. That was a writer from the Rolling Stone. Oh, my God. A 21-minute rant. Yeah, I would have been out the door. In the oh, middle. I would have, too. I would have wanted my money In back. the yeah. middle of a song. When you want your money back? never completed. Yes. You pay two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars to hear that? Three hundred and fifty. To hear that nonsense? Was, I would want my money back. That was a bottom-rung ticket. Was three hundred and fifty. Jesus. But no, um, isn't Clapton anti-vaccine though? Yes. Does he say why? What What are his I, motivations? I don't know. That, is he anti? He's anti. Uh, stop the concerts. And him and him and Van. He Morrison. and Van Morrison. Yeah. Cut, cut a song. No, they're anti. Are they anti? Yes. But they what is now. their reason? Do they not trust it? Do they think it's deep state well, microchips? What the guy was saying was partially correct in that Eric Clapton had some bad, bad side effects after getting vaccinated. Do we know which vaccine vaccine he took? No, I don't. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you have hundreds of millions of vaccinations, there's going to be a few that don't work. Sure. And that don't work well, and that's he people took get ast- bad. AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca. Which we don't have over here. Um, we all took Pfizer here, didn't we? Most. I took Pfizer. He cl- and everything says he claims. He claims to have had this. His hands and feet were frozen, numb, or burning. Which is nerve damage that he's had. Uh-huh. Um, he feared he'd never play again. Well, he's he's not going to end up playing again. This is nerve damage. Maybe this is him on the phone. Hello. Hey guys, if you go to the CDC website, it'll tell you they're not FDA approved. Emergency no, no, uh, emergency uh, operation. Yes, yes, but it's uh, FDA released it. Don't give me that crap. We're not airing your crap. The FDA released it. Usually they do it in five years. Your boy Trump had them release it. It's been given to millions and millions of people. And hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions, and they haven't ended up on a ventilator, and they haven't ended up dead. It's changed the whole pattern of it. You can take that S and put it on WMT or put it anywhere you want to, but you're not airing it here. Is that the same caller? Yes. Uh, as the yeah. guy just okay. Yes. yes. You're not airing it here. There we go. Loser. <laughs> Freaking loser. <laughs> Bull. 
I think let's move on to Hey Lang. What do you, what do you think? Because this is this guy again. Let's. I'm not dealing with it. No, that's no. the business line, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the business line. Okay, well, the uh, guy that's ringing on. Uh, thanks again to Don Patterson and Ken O'Keefe for coming yeah. on. Really enjoyed today, and I thought about yeah. it. We had two Iowa. This was uh-huh. great. No, no this, this was fun. Was a this great was a lot show. of fun. Thank you to Andy Garman for helping to arrange the interview with Ken because I know those guys are busy. But and I think sometimes it's good for Ken to get away and just you know. Well, he, nice he obviously he, enjoyed. He himself. seemed like he really enjoyed it. I just text or just emailed and said thanks, man. We really enjoyed it. Oh, he was great. No, yeah. so all right, yeah. everybody have a good safe day. All right. Hawkfanatic.com, check it out. It's free. Some of the-